the American Battlefield Trust seeks to preserve our nation's hallowed battlegrounds and educate the public about what happened there and why it matters today. They permanently protect these battlefields for future generations as a lasting and tangible memorial to the brave soldiers who fought in the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Civil War. You can help save battlefield land today by visiting battlefields.org. Shepherd University's George Tyler Moore Center for the Study of the Civil War and Department of History invite undergraduate students from across the country to come and spend a semester at their historic crossroads town of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Their semester-long Civil War experience will immerse a select group of undergraduate students in collaborative learning, interpretive field experiences, digital humanities projects, public history programs, and a war and society approach to military history. For more information on this program, please log on to shepherd.edu slash Civil War Semester or contact the George Tyler Moore Center directly at 304-876-5429. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattooed Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattooed Historian. And I have been really busy lately because we're just getting off of Memorial Day weekend, and it was a fantastic weekend for me. I hope that you and your family uh, had a get-together and, and spoke about uh, Memorial Day and the meaning of Memorial Day. Maybe you did some volunteer work. I actually went to Washington Memorial Chapel in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and I was given the honor of speaking to the descendants and friends of the 314th Infantry AEF. Now, what this organization is, is an organization of, of descendants of the soldiers who served in the 314th Infantry, which was a part of the 79th Division during World War I. And I just happened to be a descendant of one of those men who served in that regiment. And I've been going to this event for, I believe, three years now. And uh, it's always a special occasion. Uh, the Washington Memorial Chapel is a beautiful spot on the uh, right on the Valley Forge uh, Park. And it's just an awesome place to be. And there's been some great speakers over the years. Authors, historians have spoken at this. And this year, my name was thrown into the hat. And... They decided to have me come in and, and speak with all the people who attended this event. And believe it or not, there were three or four people who were children of these World War I vets of the 314th Infantry who were there. But a lot of us, probably about close to 50% of the audience, were descendants of this unit. Uh, the rest would have been friends of the unit or uh, people who were just visiting and who come to this annually, uh, the Sunday before Memorial Day. Uh, but it was a great time, and it was a, a packed house, as it usually is. And in previous years, people had talked about operational history. People talked about uh, the Meuse-Argonne campaign in World War One, where, where these soldiers had fought. Some of them talked about soldier life. I wanted to do something different. You know how I am. I try to... Uh, be different than some of the other historians or give you something different than some of the other historians. 
So I decided that I would talk about a number of key issues. And those key issues were basically uh, education, preservation, and dedication. So historical ideas that each of us can be involved in. Because maybe we don't understand operational history, or maybe we've never studied the campaign that these men fought in. Maybe we don't understand soldier life because many of us have never been soldiers. But we can understand education. We can understand the need for preservation. And I wanted to bring that across in my speech. Now, the 314th, as uh, descendants and friends, has been around for quite a while, but the 314th men, the original men, have been meeting since 1919. And it was 100 years ago to the day when they arrived back in the United States when I took the podium and made this speech. So it was a really uh, moving experience in that way to know that 100 years ago, they came home from the Western Front. They landed in Hoboken, New Jersey, and they went to Fort Dix. So my great-great-uncle would have been landing in Hoboken, New Jersey at the same time I was giving this speech uh, 100 years ago. So that was really, really moving for me. And in 1919, the men started getting, uh, started deciding, hey, not only breaking up the unit, but we're also thinking about the future and getting back together and having reunions, just like their Civil War ancestors had done. And uh, in 1922, they took some uh, lumber from Camp Meade, which is where they had all trained before going overseas, and they built a log cabin at Valley Forge. And so that was their meeting place for years and years. Well, the log cabin uh, is now in pieces, and it is back at Camp Mead for, for now until it can be moved. And it's in the process of being restored. They want to get everything back up and running for this log cabin. And there were tons of artifacts in there which are now spread out all over the place. They need to be reacquired by the nonprofit, which is, again, the descendants and friends of the 314th Infantry AEF. So you can look them up on Facebook. You can look them up online and get more information about those efforts, but I, I ask that you do so because this is a this is a, an idea of memorialization, of uh, educating ourselves about the past, about preserving the past. There's so much more we can do to remember not only the men of the 314th, but those who went before us. So I knew I was speaking in a chapel, uh, a, a wonderful Episcopal chapel, where this takes place every year. I knew I was talking about the First World War, obviously, but I wanted to talk about it in a different way. So I did about a 10-minute speech. Uh, usually some of the speakers go for 20 or 30 minutes, and you can imagine, you know, if you don't understand the subject matter, 30 minutes can seem like a long time. But if I can give you 10 to 15 minutes of something you can relate to, maybe you'd walk out of there thinking about something a little bit differently than you had or thinking about something new. Uh, new ways that you can become a part of the process of preservation. So what I want to do for this podcast um, is actually read my speech off to you and then go over the points that I was trying to get across uh, because I think it's vitally important. So you understand the story of the log cabin in a way. You have a little introduction about that. So I talk about that in here. And I talk about remembrance 
and uh, artifacts and stuff like that and what we need to do with those. But remember, I gave this in Washington Memorial Chapel, which I encourage you to go visit. It is an amazing location. Uh, there are tablets to those who were lost in World War II and lost in World War One, and those who served in the wars. Uh, they're adding to it regularly uh, with new things for uh, veterans and uh, those who have perished. And uh, it's an amazing place, a very moving place to go visit. Even if you're not, you know, too religious or anything, it's just a really cool place to visit. And uh, I am a Catholic. Uh, I converted years ago from, uh, I grew up in a Lutheran family. Uh, but I'm probably a terrible Catholic. I don't go to Mass that often. Um, so it was interesting for me to actually be speaking in front of a group of people in a chapel. And uh, it really went well, though. I think that the feedback has been mostly positive, and I really enjoyed my time up there speaking for 15 minutes or so. But I want to go over my speech here real quick with you because some of you uh, may have logged on to my Facebook page and seen the live stream, but the live stream uh, was kind of spotty from time to time because the Internet out there can be kind of spotty. So I want to go over what I actually said and maybe you'll get something out of the speech as well. Uh, maybe you'll take a, have some kind of a takeaway from it that uh, you may think about things a little bit differently. So with that, I want to dive right into it. And then I want to talk about uh, the overarching themes at the end. And then uh, we'll log off of this episode of the podcast. So here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 7 states, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders, and they will tell you. My friend Larry Selman painted a beautiful painting for his local American Legion in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. The image stood out as a nameless place on the western front with a column of doughboys marching through a battle-damaged town. They walked towards you, turned to the right, and exited the painting on the left side. Within their ranks were various shapes and sizes of men, a motorcycle with a dispatch rider, an ambulance parked to the side where a young female YMCA worker handed out baked goods to the troops. Airplanes flew overhead. The title of the work was Remember Me. It could have been men of the 314th marching through a small town in the Meuse-Argonne. Truly, it could be any unit within the AEF. But for our purposes, let's imagine it as the regiment we are connected with today. Remember me. What does that mean for you? Our methods, our reasons for remembering these men are sometimes as unique as a fingerprint. For some, it is being present here on an annual basis. For others, it is going to local schools and sharing the stories of the men of the American Expeditionary Force. Still others may wish to even tattoo their bodies as a memorial to the past. Dare I say for some, it is using the newest video game as an introduction to the past. Curiosity is a beautiful thing. It sparks questions within our very soul. It is like going back in time and being a child again. Our history allows us to do that. We have questions. We seek answers. We want to know more. We imagine the voices of our ancestors crying out, Remember me. 
but how and why? Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote in The Autocrat of the Breakfast Table, I find the great thing in the world is not so much where we stand as in what direction we are moving. To reach the port of heaven, we must sail sometimes with the wind and sometimes against it. But we must sail and not drift nor lie at anchor. There can be no complacency in remembrance or in the history field. Tradition is a beautiful thing, such as the lineage of this very event. But our methods of teaching, learning, and connection evolve. Who would have thought 10 years ago that a man who goes by the moniker the Tattooed Historian on various social media platforms would be standing before you as your memorial program speaker? Yes, times evolve. Larry's original painting was tragically lost in a fire which also destroyed the American Legion branch where it hung proudly. Although the original was gone, the prints still hang in the homes of many, including my own, and the memories I have of modeling for that painting are fond ones. That original painting runs a parallel course with our modern lives. The original Doughboys are also gone, but their legacy, and if we were lucky enough to have interactions with them, those memories will always be special. Whether your ancestor was a comrade of my great-great-uncle in the 314th, or perhaps they had not even reached the United States yet in 1918, imagine them saying, remember me. What can we do with this statement? Education, preservation, dedication. Curiosity is the gateway to education. If we do not ask questions or inquire, we do not learn. If we believe we know it all, we also do not learn. I find that curiosity in many students I speak with. I sometimes earn the honor to mentor students at schools and universities. These are, at times, students who have a sincere passion for the past but do not fit into the traditional way of doing things in the history field. What these mentorship sessions have shown me is that there is a desire to serve within the younger generation. In a 2017 study, Americans between the ages of 20 and 30 are less inclined to care about acquiring things. They are more likely to want experiences. This leads to the preservation aspect of our past. To have these experiences, historical sites, artifacts, and yes, even a log cabin must be preserved. We are seeing new and easier ways of donating time and money to preservation efforts. Some of my peers raised over $5,000 for the American Battlefield Trust simply through a Facebook fundraising campaign. The desire to help is out there. The wish to preserve our past is strong. The month of May is actually Preservation Month. Let's do what we can to make that every month. And that draws us to the next point. Dedication. We must either begin or continue to be dedicated to something larger than ourselves. I became obsessed with history to escape the trauma of a broken home. I would lose myself in the pages of a history book and learn life lessons from those who came before me. My business has become additional therapy, and in July I will celebrate six years sobriety, breaking a string of alcoholism which stretches back to my World War I ancestors. I am now dedicated to something larger than myself, and I cannot thank 
of doing anything else. We, the descendants of the 314th Infantry, understand that the regiment was part of the National Army. The regiment was almost exclusively made up of those pulled into the fray by the Selective Service Program. In fact, Remick Ambrose is the first in my family to ever be drafted. Before this, back through the Revolutionary War, my family always volunteered to fight. But even though this was a drafty regiment, their dedication to each other and ending a conflict the likes of which the world had never seen before should compel us to honor them utilizing the tools we have at hand. It is folly to believe that any ignorance of the past is centralized within one generation. To be dismissive of a set of people who you perceive as not caring about the past is to ensure that they learn absolutely nothing from you. The key is to speak with others, not at them. Will you be dedicated for the next year, until we meet here again, to reaching out to your fellow citizens with a helping hand when it comes to learning about our past? Audrey Hepburn once said, As you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself, the other for helping others. It is fitting that we, the average citizen, take part in the teaching of this story. When you look at the memorials and monuments to those who served in World War I, they are mostly to the average soldier. Doughboys saying, follow me, with their pose, as they cross a French field or woodlot. Despite obstacles thrown against them, they advanced to secure the next position. They helped their peers get to the next shell hole, gave up their only bandage to help a badly wounded comrade. It is for us to do the same for our peers. Our obstacles are, many times, those who see the added work of preservation as a hindrance. Our wounded comrades are those who simply need a helping hand with a project to ensure that our history, no matter how attractive or uncomfortable, is never forgotten, and that history is then used to make us stronger. Our shared victories and, yes, defeats, allow us to grow. One of the things I often say is that we are all just biographies waiting to be written. What will your biography say about you? I will finish with the words of Private John A. Hughes of the 15th Field Artillery, 2nd Division. Even though he was not part of our beloved 314th Infantry, his experience at the end of his service can be seen as a timeless representation of comradeship, sacrifice, and how conflict is remembered. His unit was being disbanded upon returning to the United States, and he wrote the following. We were broken up, the soldiers from different states going to different barracks, and as the remnant of our old outfit marched before us, all the boys felt like crying. Many a tear was shed when we saw our old colors march by. Everyone saluted. I guess we stood at attention for five minutes after the colors passed us, not a word spoken. I felt then, as I have often felt, that silence is the greatest tribute. So that was the speech that I gave Sunday at the Washington Memorial Chapel. And it's a short one. You know, I was asked... Uh, how long my speech was, and I, I said basically about 10 to 15 minutes, and uh, a couple of people looked at me, and they're like, wow, that's not really long, and 
it goes back to the idea that it's not about how long the speech is, it's about the message. And far too often, many people wish to pontificate for an hour, and you don't get anything out of it. I'd rather give you 10 minutes of something that you can think about. And uh, it was a really, really moving experience. And I thought back on it later as people were coming up to me afterwards. And many of them came up to me and thanked me, shook my hand, uh, told me that it was vitally important that more people hear those words. And it was important for me to put out there my flaws as I put in that speech because it allows people to connect with me and to feel welcome around me, that I'm willing to look at myself and say I have flaws, but I try to overcome them. And uh, it really, I really wanted that to resonate in that speech was that we should look to ourselves as a whole and say, yes, we have flaws. Yes, we've, we've messed up from time to time, uh, but we can overcome that and we can be better. And it's just like uh, my struggle that I had with alcohol, um, I had to overcome that and I had to turn a, a stumbling block into a stepping stone. And I wanted to get that across in here, that there have been times where we have fallen short as far as preserving our, our history. There have been times where we've allowed entities such as this log cabin to fall to disrepair or uh, to go almost forgotten. So I want you to think about this for the next year. I want you to think about a place in your local area, which means so much to your local history. Maybe it is in disrepair, or maybe people don't even know it's there. Start telling that story. And perhaps you can make a change in the field in that way. Perhaps you can help out in your local area. It always starts small. You know, I started out with no followers. And uh, so it always starts out with that first like, and you move up from there. Start thinking about your local area and having others understand the importance of local history. And it really starts to take shape and allows you to get involved in your own way with understanding the curiosity involved in the history field, understanding that preservation is so vitally important uh, to the overarching theme of understanding the past, and your dedication to something bigger than yourself, which to me is history in general. Uh, the historical narrative will always be so much larger than me, and I am just one biography in that mix someday. So we have to think about that as we move forward. But Memorial Day is one of my favorite holidays because we can look back on history and you can, we can think about sacrifice and what it took to get us to where we are and what it's going to take, a, take to get us to the next step. And preservation is one of those ways to get to that next step. We can, st we can start speaking about a new story. We can start telling a new story. We can start educating people about a new thing when we preserve something such as a log cabin that was used by World War I veterans. It's now a classroom. And 
It is so vitally important to do this. I know I've repeated myself saying that, but I can't get it across enough. We have so much work to do to preserve historical lands, uh, preserve artifacts, and preserve historical homes so that the message of the American past is not forgotten. Same thing on the, on the world stage. We have uh, lost some cultural sites which could have been great classrooms for so many around the world to take part in, to experience, to help breed that curiosity that allows us to tell the historical narrative. I wanted this speech to get that across, that we are all in this in our own way, and we all have the chance to make a difference. So that's what's very, very important to me as we were progressing through this Memorial Day weekend. And I do hope that you got something out of the speech itself, even though I know it was short. I do hope that you liked it, uh, that you appreciated what I was trying to do in it. Um, I know that for others, uh, they would have probably wished for more of me showcasing my historical chops and talking about battlefield movements and soldier life and that kind of thing. I thought Memorial Day and I thought the location of this ceremony was a reason for something different. And I know that many came up to me, as I said afterward, and thanked me for it, and that made me feel proud and made me realize that maybe I took this the right direction. So I do hope that you enjoyed it. I'm really appreciative of all of you subscribing to the podcast, liking the podcast, sharing it with your friends. I hope you share this one out because this this one has a theme that is universal. This one is uh, so very important to all of our narratives. I do hope you share it. I do hope you like it, rate it. Uh, please you know, keep tuning in because this thing is only going to get better as we go along. I have some great interviews coming up here in the future. We're getting those tied down schedule-wise. And we're going to be right back in the mix week to week, getting this thing out there so you all can have something to listen to on your way to work, on your way home, while you're mowing the lawn, or while you're out jogging in the evening. Uh, I know I've gotten a lot of feedback from you that you like the length of it. So keeping it to 30, 45 minutes is always great uh, because that's your average drive time. And uh, it really means a lot to me that you all do tune in, that you do subscribe, and that you do like this podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in to this one. Uh, we have some great interviews coming up that I can't wait for you to hear. But I wanted to share this Memorial Day story with you for this week. Thank you all. Mm-hmm.